Hey everybody and welcome to the Dark Cast. I'm your host Jonathan and this is DCI number 69. In this episode, Brian and I got to speak with Dan Alshwank, who's the founder and CEO of Magicalis. Magicalis is the studio behind an app called Dawn. Dawn is currently for iOS and it is a crowdsourced video game curation app. Uh, essentially what it allows you to do is uh, filter through all the various apps uh, on the iOS store and find out which ones kind of line up with your values and uh, particular age groups and stuff like that. Uh, it seems like a really awesome tool and uh, the iOS version is, is really just the first step. Uh, but don't pay attention to what I'm saying right now. Dan explains it far better than I do. Anyway, if you want to find out more information, including a link to be able to just go straight to the App Store and download it, then check out darkstation.com. You can find all of that stuff in the show notes to this episode. If you want to find out when other interviews like this are going up, then follow us on Twitter. We are darkstation underscore com. And you can always subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes. We're the Darkcast. While you're there, give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. Finally, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. Now, as always, thank you for listening, and on with the show. so much, Dan, for joining us on the Darkcast tonight. How are you doing? I'm great, and thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I'm excited uh, to be here with you. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. We're excited to be here as well. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, uh, before we get into uh, to talking about Dawn, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do at Magicalis? Sure. So I'm uh, the founder and CEO of Magicalis, um, and I've been uh, making happen uh, Magicalis uh, the last uh, roughly three years since the idea popped in my head. Um, my background generally is uh, from uh, the mobile high tech, mobile uh, digital online ad world. Um, run different types of ventures in the space, uh, some from larger companies, uh, some for uh, startups, uh, grew startups from uh, inception to you know an exit event. Um, basically, my background comes from technology and uh, the startup and you know, introducing new new concept, new products uh, to market. Okay. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned that uh, Magicalis is a couple of years old now. What, uh, you know, the the Dawn app uh, is is actually pretty new. What kind of things have you been doing for the the, the past three years? What what kind of business is Magicalis? So uh, Magicalis is is the company name. Dawn is uh, the name of the app, and now we have out the iOS. Uh, app for it and soon we hope to introduce also an Android version. Um, it's an app but there's a lot of science behind it. In the last three years we kind of been working translating science into something that is very easy and you know relatively playful and uh, um, easy to use for uh, the everyday parent that not necessarily 
is very technology savvy or even interested in technology. We, mm. we were busy um, taking a fairly complicated concept and uh, making it user friendly. Okay, so 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 Dawn has kind of been the the goal this this whole time, and, and now we're we're finally get to see it see it in the the light of day and everything. Yes, well, what we have now in market um, is obviously the first we just introduced it. Um, it's been a live couple of months, but we were uh, not promoting it, just fixing bugs and you know iterating with the first users to get uh, real feedback and uh, modifying it. And now we're at the stage that we start promoting it and, and spreading the word that it's out there. Um, essentially, it's a utility for parents uh, to make their uh, uh, media choices for their kids an easier and uh, uh, more personal process, meaning it makes your life as a parent much easier and faster um, when you try to find media, and we start obviously with apps and games, but we're going to branch out of it. Um, when you try and find media that fits uh, your child and uh, the values you want to promote uh, with your child. Okay, very cool. You know, maybe another way to describe it, um, think of, uh, let's say, a different world like email. You can't say to your email software, whatever you're using, uh, bring up all the emails that made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, That's, I can confirm that. That does not work. <laughs> exactly. You can keep trying, but uh, so far I didn't find. So we're basically solving the same kind of problem, but in a different domain, which is the children media. Um, today, if you want to find a game or an educational app or whatever it is uh, for your child that... Um, based on dimensions that you want to promote, for instance, empathy or positive role model or creativity, you can't, you can't select uh, media based on those criteria, right? Mm -hmm. You can do, you can uh, find by age at best, and even then it's kind of blurry and not sure that uh, the classification is accurate, uh, and we can touch on it later. But generally, it's very basic and rudimentary uh, concepts but not the stuff that, as a parent, you really want to promote. I want to make my kids, uh, you know, uh, successful uh, contributors to society when they grow up, and I want to promote certain values. And I work hard on a daily basis, you know, trying to be a role model, trying to put them in the right school, uh, teaching them how to eat healthy and, you know, keeping them active mentally and physically. But when it comes to games and apps, it's very, very hard. And if, if you try, it becomes a major uh, time-consuming. And even then, it's, it's still very hard. So what we're trying to do is basically streamline the whole process, make it easy, make it intuitive, and uh, enable parents really to, to promote the values that they want all around, not only when it comes to you know, conversation and books, but when it gets to the digital world. So how'd you how'd you lay the groundwork for this? Because I mean, obviously, what you're talking about is is almost like the the pre research on stuff done done for parents. So if they put in something that they're that they're looking for, or something that they're interested in in um, uh, encouraging um, in their kids, that they, you know that there's a list of things that come up. Where where'd kind of this base of information come from to to kind of build up this pyramid? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. 
Um, and that's essentially what we've been doing the last few years. So the way we, we address it, we came with the, the initial idea was we want to help parents find positive media for their children. And then you get to the question, what is positive? How do you define positive? And positive is a subjective term. What I perceive as positive, you might think otherwise and vice versa, right? We not necessarily agree across the board. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Not sure. Um, and then we realize we need to make it um, uh, personal. We need to enable the parents to really personalize this uh, for each child. Even if you have, when you have several kids, um, they have different personalities and different tendencies and different character. And you need to address each individual uh, need. And with each child, you want to promote maybe a little bit different values. I mean, there's values that are generally the same, and there's values that are different. And I can give you some examples, like competitiveness. If you have a child that has a natural tendency to be competitive, uh, you want to teach them to be more collaborative, and vice versa. It's not all black and white. Um, so we spend about a year and a half working with uh, top uh, pediatric experts, psychologists, psychiatrists. I can't, uh, can't tell you how many pediatric experts I interviewed about the topic. And we assembled the team, and the team was uh, basically spent a lot of time distilling down the, the values that influence most child development. And the focus of what we do is ages 0 to 12. Right. So those are, those are kind of the early years where the personality is shaped. And, and to, be, to be honest, is also the years that the parents have more, a little bit more control of what the child does. After that, they gradually lose it. Um, and so first, we, we kind of spend a lot of time distilling what are the factors uh, in the intersection between media and child development that influence child development the most, distilling them down, making them um, easy to understand for somebody that is not practicing 40 years of pediatric psychology. And um, then we created a scale. I'll give you an example. Take a simple term like creativity. Right? It seems straightforward, right? Um, but when you think of creativity and media, normally what comes to mind is how creative the content is, the, the app or the game. But re what really matters when you think about it is how much creativity does the interaction with the app invokes in the child? Because what you really want to promote is the creativity in your child. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you put the focus in such a way, you start thinking of the app in a different term. So maybe the Wizard of Oz is a very creative um, story but if the child, the child is sitting uh, back and watching the movie, that's, you know, maybe triggers some creativity or some creative idea. But when you compare it to a drawing app that the child needs to ex express its own creativity, that's a whole different ballgame. So when you look at it from that perspective, the drawing app, which might be very simple, might actually be more effective in, in invoking the creativity of the child than the Wizard of Oz. So it's kind of the the, the concept of, of different different ways of learning. Like certain people learn better, they're visual learners, auditory learners, that kind of thing. Exactly. So what we what we did is we kind of we created the dimensions by which 
uh, where media influences most child development based on you know many years of uh, experts uh, um, combined uh, learnings and then we created a scale that would make sense for each dimension mm -hmm. and then we built it into an app that enables the parents themselves to classify each item they come across so in, the, in essence what we provide is a, a crowdsource knowledge base when you were when you were doing the interviews, uh, especially, I'm real interested in like the the pediatric part of this because we're at a real interesting time where it's number one, it's, it's always hard to kind of get information from kids and about kids because you know they're both <laughs> like uh, black holes for both like knowledge and also for just like you know like getting stuff out there. So it's it's kind of it's a real interesting concept of just trying to learn things from them. But we're also combine that with the fact that we're also entering a time where, I mean, you know, things like this can exist where media consumption is up so high, and it's not something that we can avoid. It's something that we learn we have to learn to work with because it's not going away. How did you run into any like problems in in kind of gathering this information where maybe they just weren't sure of of kind of what the effects are? Um, so be. Well, yes, there was a lot of uh, many months of discussions and debates and consideration and uh, reading a lot of research that was done and, and points in different directions and kind of accumulating. And we, we basically, uh, we distilled the, the kind of the common ground. Mm -hmm. right? You just so, kind of took it from, from such a, you kind of cast a real wide net and then brought it back down. We brought it, exactly, we brought okay. it back down and we took it to the practical level because there's many factors that influence child development, right? Mm -hmm. But when you when you very, very focused on the intersection of um, the media and the child development aspect of it, it becomes a little bit clearer, right? Now, obviously, there's a lot of unknown, but when you talk to experts that, you know, some of them, you know, have 40 years of uh, practicing uh, pediatric uh, uh, psychology or psychiatry or criminology, um, when you listen to them, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's more straightforward <laughs> than you would think. Okay. What, was there anything that you found, like, during, the, during these kind of studies and these interviews that really surprised you that you kind of thought would have gone the other way? Um, well, there's a lot of, I can tell you, for me it was a fascinating, also as a father, uh, it's a fascinating learning curve and I learn something new every single day, there's no doubt about it. Um, there's many things that uh, were new to me and surprising. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, one, um, and as a father I used to do it, you know, you have a baby, a young baby, and you come from work, and you're tired, and the baby wakes up, and you want to feed them, and sometimes uh, you feed them a couple of times a night, especially in the early days. And sometimes you kind of, okay, it's boring, so you turn on the TV, and you hold the baby, and kind of, you know, you're watching uh, some, I don't know, some game or some news uh, podcast, and you're feeding it, right? A very common experience. Mm -hmm. I used to yes. Do <laughs> but, and what I learned uh, through those interviews and through reading the research that's out there, that that experience is actually very bad for the baby in many cases. 
because even I'm talking about like a young baby that you feed, you know, like three, six months old, um, because even though you think, or I used to think that it's kind of, it's above, above their sensory grade, they don't get it, it doesn't matter for them, I can do whatever I want, I just feed the baby. Um, the background noise that they sense while eating is disturbing. And the, the ability of such a young baby to, to tell themselves that this is background noise and this is not a threatening noise is not there. So what happens in effect when you feed uh, a child at that level with you know the TV turned on and all kinds of sudden noises come up? You think of if you're watching a game, all of a sudden the crowd goes and the the volume goes up and down. You shatter their sense of safety and security. What happens in effect is when you're feeding them, you want to calm them down, but you actually do the other uh, the other effect and you actually scare them. And consequently, they wake up more, they wet themselves more throughout the night, you end up waking up more, and from a whole relaxing and calming experience, you turned it to, to the, the other direction. And I used to do it a lot, like, and you don't, I, I didn't understand, why, why do they wake up four times a night or six times a night? It's all my fault. So that's kind of a, an anecdote that I learned through the process and, and I think there are many parents out there that are not aware how uh, how sensitive or how in, how the influence of media even indirectly um, how it plays in their life sure yeah, yeah. That, that was news to me <laughs> here you go yeah absolutely so there's there's a lot of examples like it and and kind of one of the key goals of this venture is to promote this knowledge um, in a way that is you know easy to digest you know we all uh, suffer from some level of ADHD and we don't want to read the uh, long research papers etc we want the bottom line tell me what is good what is bad and move on and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to uh, directly and indirectly help parents educate themselves and make more informed decisions Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I can tell you that this venture, uh, above anything else, is is very satisfying thing to do. I mean, you learn something as a parent. You learn something new every day, and you know, you make yourself busy promoting it, which is great. That's that's really awesome. Now we, we've talked some about kind of the the behind the scenes work of the app and, and kind of. Uh, what's what's gone into it, but kind of more on the the surface level. Uh, if somebody sits down with it, what what kind of experience are they going to have? What are what are they going to be doing with with Dawn? So there are basically uh, three levels uh, that you can engage. the The first and simple one, uh, you can use the default settings. Think that Dawn is like an equalizer in the sound system. You know, you turn the knobs and you promote or uh, decrease certain frequencies based mm -hmm. on your uh, preference same thing here we we actually built it in the UI if you play with it you'll see it's it's very much like a, an equalizer of the sound system so the simple way is you turn it on you select your child's uh, age and you'll get recommendations based on other parents reviews um, for positive media Right, and the default setting is the setting that was uh, was set there, uh, kind of 
on the basis of the, the most common uh, ground for that age by the experts uh, that we work with. Mm -hmm. um, now, each child is different, right? And uh, I can tell you st stories or examples, maybe I'll, uh, I'll share it in a minute, but wh when you have, uh, the parent is the best expert to, to figure out what's best for the child. This is given they know what they're doing, meaning they they think about it, they get themselves a little bit informed, and some, some people, you know, they have it naturally, they have the right sense for it, and some people need a little bit more assistance. Um, if you wanna personalize it for your unique uh, child, the unique character he has or she has, then you can start uh, modifying the equalizer based on what you wanna promote, and then you get different results, right? Because you filter different things. And the third level is if you want to share with other parents your experience with certain items, with certain apps, with certain games, etc., etc., you can review them based on, again, the same dimensions and share the knowledge. And what the system does, it accumulates the reviews of all the parents and basically improves its knowledge base on the go. So when you go in and, and kind of... Uh agree or disagree with whether or not a uh, particular app meets the the standard uh, that was already set for it that it's you know at such and such a level for this aspect that's that's happening in real time you don't have to wait till like midnight to have your information be compiled with everybody else's it's all happening in, in real time in, in, today it's in semi real time just okay. because we start up and, and you know limited resources but it's structured to, to get faster and faster. Now it takes cool. a couple of hours for the service to sync. Okay. But, you know, in essence, awesome. think of it as TripAdvisor. You know, when you, when you use TripAdvisor, you want to get the real deal about a certain hotel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, compare it to 20, 30 years ago when you used to call an agent that they would promote you the hotel that they get the best uh, bonus from. Um, and you end up sometimes with a good hotel, sometimes with a crappy. You, you, you never know. Today you can go on TripAdvisor and you see what what people really say about it. What's the real deal? And read reviews and get the real the real story. Same thing here, same concept. Now you can rate hotels or you can just be a passive user. Both are fine. Okay, very cool. So it's it's like Yelp for for video games if Yelp actually worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I use the TripAdvisor example. Right. <laughs> Awesome. That's uh, that is really cool. So essentially, you know, every parent would help other parents to find the real deal about uh, a couple of games. In an aggregate, you'll get the best knowledge base. It's kind of Wikipedia. It's the best knowledge base uh, on a specific item. Now, now you're talking my language. <laughs> I can completely get behind Wikipedia. <laughs> now I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, so is it, is it mainly for, for games, or does it kind of branch out into other types of apps as well? Well, essentially now we focus on, on iOS apps, so whatever is in an app form. Um, the next phase, uh, hopefully in a couple of months, we'll have an Android version. Hmm. Uh, we're not limited to games, uh, though that's, you know, the majority, the, the most of the focus of both parents and the market, like what's available, the vast majority is type of games or, you know, semi-games. Uh, but it's ebooks and all kinds of other, and gradually we plan to branch out to other types of media. 
essentially the same concept will be applied to all kids products down the road but you know as a startup you go step by step sure sure yeah absolutely and i mean all the games in the the ios libraries no small uh no small feat to try to aggregate all of that stuff together so that's uh that is pretty impressive yeah look uh, the the truth is um there isn't a um, if if you're trying to get the the an insight into what's a good game for your child um there's all the sources you can find today are basically um employ a top down process meaning in essence somebody sits in an office or wherever and says this is good and this is bad mm-hmm. Sometimes you know what criteria to use, sometimes you don't. Sometimes they're more credible, sometimes they're less. Sometimes you know who the person is because it's a site or you know, some mommy blogger that does a, a hard work and reviews the apps themselves. And sometimes they get paid to say something nice about the game or whatever. But there is no crowdsourced platform out there that basically takes out the noise and gives you the real deal because of the numbers. It's not scalable and it's not comprehensive and it's unbiased and and it's biased what you have today sometimes it's more sometimes it's less sometimes you know where the bias is going to and sometimes you don't this platform is designed to to clear all those factors nice so it's 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 definitely there to kind of um simplify the, the searching based on kind of the values that you set in the system for it um, how deep a dive does it go on the other side? If I see something that, um, you know, that it recommends, um, is there a way for me to kind of reach down and find out why it's recommended this outside of just trusting that it's, that it's kind of grabbed um, what I was looking for? Well, there's no one person that recommends it today. It's the aggregate of all the mm-hmm. parents that review I mean, is there like, is that... Is that information available? Like if I go out, if, if you know, say I, I put in all my stuff and if I go in there and say, okay, this app looks cool um, or, you know, this looks like something I'd be interested to, uh, you know, is there is there like an aggregate number that I could see that's like, well, this was recommended to you because, you know, 65% of the parents who volunteered their information found this to meet this criteria. So we provide how many how many reviews the in aggregate the the app got and what you get is the the average of all reviews on each dimension. So that's the level we enable. Okay. Down the road we will enable more and more free speech that people can express themselves, um, but that requires more uh, backend systems that we don't have today. So that's down the road. It's on the roadmap. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a graphs man, so I like you know I love data like that. So that's. I'd be real interested to see if I, you know, especially like with a uh, with a system like this where it's kind of taking um, not quite abstract but almost abstract concepts and, and putting numbers to them based on like an aggregate sample. Um, I'd, I'd really love to see how that goes and why, um, like, you know, maybe a simple choice I made like changing, you know, like one value just slightly up over another one to see what that would return and how that would affect... Um, kind of what I'm both what I'm seeing and what I decide my child's going to see. Yeah. So you know, the, obviously, as a startup, you launch as soon as you feel like you have the the minimum viable product. The oh, absolutely. So that's where we are. Down the road, we have uh, trust me, like three years worth of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there's a lot of work. If you have some free time, we're taking volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> I did mention at the beginning that I had a three and a one year old, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, between two and four a.m. when you not. Busy. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Who needs sleep? <laughs> you know the the other thing that uh, that we realize that happens when people start using the app when you open the dimension it gives you obviously the the name of the then let's say again like you know social res social uh, responsibility um, in many cases what you can do is once you click on it it gives you a short explanation and you can open you know a tab that gives you a more a little bit deeper explanation of what social responsibility in the context of an of an app on the phone means and that process of reading this even encountering the title and then reading the short description changes people thinking about media and children as a whole and that's part of the feedback and I think it's an awesome process it's kind of a little bit like if you remember the first time you walked into a Whole Foods and you saw like the gluten-free shelf right I don't know about you, but I, I had no clue what gluten is. <laughs> but the, the process, you know, the process that went through my head was like, okay, if they have gluten-free, then this is probably something that's not necessarily healthy for me, so I should read about it and get myself informed. And that's kind of a similar process that we create. Now, that for itself already increased my awareness about what I put in my body. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to create the same process when it comes to, to children's uh, exposure to media. Very cool. Now, um, obviously, there's there's no um, the ESRB, uh, which you know rates games for consoles and PC and and everything like that. Uh, th there's no sort of official ratings board on on iOS uh, like that. So. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems like this is one of its um, aspirations is to kind of bear that uh, burden of really kind of digging down into you know what's in game so the parents can can figure out what's on them. Do you see uh, this branching out beyond that? You mentioned kind of all kids media, but what what does that really entail? Yeah, of course. I mean, our ambition is eventually to cover everything. I mean, anything that parents are interested in should be covered uh, by the platform. Hmm. The fact that today we're, we have an iOS app, um, that's, that's the first step. That's not the end game. The, sure. the end game is basically to be available on any device, anytime, for any parent, anywhere, for any type of product. Um, you know, and the, the, the ESRB does kind of a very basic and rudimentary work, no offense to anyone, but the, the ESRB concept is a little bit like, you know, letting the inmates run the prison. <laughs> you know, hey guys, we're all good here, don't worry about us. And the ESRB is a system that was put together by the producers of the media that we're trying to rate. It's, there's no way it's unbiased, one. And two, if you really want to dig down and try and figure out what's the rating process and who who rates and who puts good the luck with that. <laughs> exactly, you know. Yeah. It'll it go is, it's such a quagmire, just like movie ratings. It's such a quagmire of of rules and regulations and checkboxes that you have to either check or not check. Um, and, and on top of that, it doesn't cover everything. Like I know the 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 big argument for the past thirty or forty years 
um, with movies themselves is why, um, you know, kind of uh, sex is rated higher, higher than violence when some of these things, these hyper-violent things that are out there could easily, and in and, and a different rating system, easily be measured in that same kind of, you know, X monitor that just, you know, plain sex gets. So well, it's, it, it, it's a weird, like outside set of values that nobody really determines but it's just kind of a cloud that sits there yeah you know it's designed to be complicated enough that nobody wants to deal with it and everyone feels okay it's out there but it's really <laughs> meaningless <laughs> you know i don't know who the people that rate it what values uh, they possess you know they might be the inmates i don't know <laughs> nobody's willing to say that and you know God knows what they think about uh, sexuality. If all the the girls in the game, you know, they're half naked and skinny with uh, big breasts, that's not the role model I want for my girl. Sure, absolutely. You know, but that passes. <laughs> yeah. Before you before you kind of started down this road, um, did you like I, you know I'm lucky that as a parent um, that I have I'm not only like kind of technology savvy but I also have kind of a great range of things that um, that I've experienced as far as media and that goes so I'm not not exactly surprised but I'm not also I'm also not very in the dark when it comes to stuff I'm not surprised very often um, did you have kind of a, a, a background more than just kind of like you know passing hey I watch movies I play games kind of thing did you have a deep game background or um, you know was that was that a big thing for you growing up or, or not a grown up but you know being a grown up too yeah, um, well, as a kid, um, I, I was a complete computer geek at certain part of my life. And, you know, at one summer, I think I was 14, that I spent, uh, 14 or 15, I spent like, you know, 12 to 14 hours in front of a screen every day. And that was my whole summer. And after that summer, I said, yeah, there's life out there. I should uh, diversify. <laughs> but... but uh, um, my uh, my last company, I was running a, a company that uh, was uh, an advertising company, an advertising, uh, an ad network, a mobile ad network, and that gave me a lot of insight uh, into the media as a whole, and as part of it is how uh, media and children intersect, not only from the game aspect, but from a marketing perspective, from tracking from a promotional perspective and all those aspects that are kind of uh, side products of the gaming um, so yes I mean, I'm not in the dark and uh, I got to be through what I was doing to be pretty savvy around the uh, media as a whole and the risks of it and when my children were born obviously they had a very very tight regime around uh, around all technology uh, because I'm aware of the problems and the issues uh, but in the same token I knew that I'm gonna lose control at some point and if I don't act now I'm gonna regret it later hmm. right so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the eternal struggle it's that that whole I know eventually that that you know the wheels are gonna kind of come off this wagon and it's gonna go its own way so exactly. not only do I have to kind of you know, kind of protect, but I need to be able to teach them to to kind of go in the right direction. Yeah, and and the process for me was that I found myself struggling more and more to find time to find uh, for them apps and games that I feel comfortable with. And 
it moved from you know 10 minutes to three hours and I said you know I don't have time for it I need some automated system I started looking for it and I realized there is none I said it's oh, an idea for a startup the light bulb moment exactly that was exactly the process you know the parenting today I don't know uh, I mean I had the opportunity recently to speak to a couple of uh, friends uh, that are parents as well parenting is very challenging in the sense that we're really the first generation of parents that parent in a fully digital environment. Mm -hmm. Meaning, there, never before there was such availability and such uh, dominance of uh, media and technology in a child's life. You know, I grew up, most of my time as a kid, I was, except that summer, I was kicking the ball outside. This is not the case today in most, in most uh, childhoods that happened today. And as a parent, because we didn't grow in such an experience, it's hard for us to relate to what's going on in the mind of a child that is today, let's say 10 or 12 or 6, that is spending, uh, you know, 4 to 12 hours a day in front of uh, whatever screen it is. Mm -hmm. And this gap creates, uh, creates uh, an issue. It's uh, there's a lot of research and a lot of cases you can read about that uh, um, I spent uh, reading a lot of uh, testimonials of uh, unfortunate cases uh, of interviews of uh, with parents uh, that uh, um, their kids uh, suffered from cyberbullying and one of the things that struck me is the fact that in all, almost all the testimonies uh, that I read the parents said we had no clue now, if you think about it, it's 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 an amazing uh, thing because in the household you have parents that think everything's going swell, everything's fine. The child looks okay, it's okay. You know, it, they don't have any bruises on their body or any visible damage, but the child is is seriously struggling, and the parents have no clue. Now, if they had clue, at least maybe they could do something. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it went totally under the radar, it kind of uh, lit the light bulb in my head, said there is such a gap between the perception of the parent of what is happening in the house and the, the reality that the child faces, it's, it's, you know, it's very hard to imagine. And that amplified in my eyes the, the huge gap and the, the lack of tools and the lack of knowledge our generation as parents suffers from. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of trying to create a, a tool to to bridge this gap and to to promote awareness and to to promote knowledge and also make life easier in the same token. Well, that is a a lofty goal, but uh, <laughs> it's something that sounds. Like it's definitely needed. I mean, I I don't have kids myself, but it's it's something that I'm constantly amazed with. Like my niece and nephew, who are almost five and turned seven earlier this year, um, and it's just how adept they are and how much time they spend on you know iPads and Kindles and, and things like that. That it's uh, it's it's something we could all definitely be uh, more dialed into. So that's that's really awesome. Thank you, thank you. I mean, you know, 
every parent that uh, uses the app gets us closer to the goal. I mean, in essence, apart from what I mentioned, our goal is also to to promote the need for positive games. And there's a lot of, uh, and I'm happy to discover uh, a lot more recently, there's a lot of ventures that are trying to promote positive media. I think, you know, every generation usually complains about their parents. And sometimes <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> you know, and I know about you guys, but I have a lot of friends that say, oh, my parents messed me up this way and that way. And some of them are almost 50, but they still complain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I sometimes wonder what my kids will complain about me and I think one of the things will be something that's related to media and this is why I'm dealing with it because that's kind of where the, in my view one of the biggest gaps between what's happening out there and my knowledge base as a parent today mm -hmm. you know we kind of we know we need to provide shelter, we know we need to provide food, and we know we need to provide clothes, and we know we need to provide education, but what we do about media, yeah, that's kind of iffy. Yeah, that, that's definitely like one of those things that's just, that's just out there, and especially it's still, it's still being explored, and not only is it being explored, but it's such a, it's such a wide net, there's so much stuff that's, that's involved in it, and so much to keep track of, that I think having kind of like a, a central repository for this information even if it's just to to kind of cut out some of the extra just to focus on a couple of things I think it's a, it's not only is it a noble goal but it's a real it's a real kind of it's an interesting tool and I, 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 re I really want to see where it goes to see how it grows um, yeah thank you me too <laughs> <laughs> I have big plans for it and I think I think uh, Obviously, our main challenge is how to promote ourselves as a startup, as you know, promote the word that we're available and it's out there and get people uh, engaged. Um, we're making the first uh, strides uh, these days, and we're learning every day. And obviously, we make a lot of mistakes. But uh, you know, any idea, any suggestion is uh, highly welcome. Awesome. Well, uh, Brian, do you have any more questions before we jump into the end game here? Brian? He ran away. Sorry. sorry. Oh, there he is. I said talking in the background. <laughs> so, no, I think I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. So, uh, let's. Uh, we like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire. Um, normally, it's a lot more game focused, but I've kind of crafted this one so it, it fits a bit more with the, uh, with the conversation. Um, so, uh, first, first question. Um, outside of Dawn, obviously, um, what's your favorite app that's available right now? Uh, the FIFA 14. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I did not expect that. That was good. That's a good, that's a good answer. That's I always not... forget you got, you know, we're, we're American. We, we have no appreciation for actual sport. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but I read somewhere that uh, soccer is the second fastest growing sports in the U.S. Absolutely. What's the first? You, you, I would never guess. I don't know if you can. What's the first? Cricket. No. Lacrosse. No. Lac lacrosse. You know what? I would. I should have guessed that yeah. because my stepson is actually on the lacrosse team at school. There you go. I absolutely should have guessed that. That's the number one fastest growing, and 
I think they said that in about uh, 15 years, that's going to be the number one game uh, in terms of uh, fans and you know subscriber base or fan base or whatever you call. It. Oh, that's fantastic! That's... I I should figure out what lacrosse is then. <laughs> lacrosse is actually pretty awesome. I I know it involves sticks with nets and balls yep. and um that that's a a, that's about all I got. That's a lot of a lot of running around. It... <laughs> Great exercise for them. I love it. Anyway, moving on. That's excellent. Okay, so um, question number two. Um, if you could choose one, which value would you like to see pushed further with games? That's that's kind of not being done today. Empathy. Or not pushed as hard today. Empathy. Hmm. I think, I think uh, if we promote as a society, promote empathy... It will take away a lot of the bad phenomena and evil uh, that resides uh, in our life because the ability to relate to somebody else's uh, feelings and situation uh, you know, will take a lot of the animosity that we see on the streets. Right on. I like it. Uh, question number three. Um, <laughs> what's your least favorite theme or trope in video games today? What would you like to see go away? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I think. I think uh, uh, the um, a lot of the violent and the the violent RPGs. Um, they're uh, a source for a lot of uh, a lot of bad. Also with adults, by the way. Hmm. Um, I think it's a, a very unhealthy phenomenon, you know. For some reason, we're more uh, lenient, you know. To me, you know, the same way you wouldn't watch porn with your 10-year-old, they should not be playing GTA, but they do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what? So I have to know. This is the fourth question. Um, this is uniquely tailored to you. What? What game kept you inside when you were 14? <laughs> That's embarrassing. I'm gonna date myself. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't a game. I was trying to code in assembly. What were you trying to code? A ping pong game. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, that's great. That's that's even better than than anything I could have imagined. That's fantastic. On the Commodore 64. That's excellent. That that that's fantastic. I know. Were you, <laughs> did you get it done? Sub question. Uh, yeah. Or is that what caused you to say, "I'm not doing this again next summer"? <laughs> no. After spending my whole summer doing it, eventually getting it done, and I said, "Like, why the heck did I do that?" <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Right now, obviously, you're you're you're. And it's clear just from the conversation that you're really doing something that you're passionate about. Um, if you had the opportunity um, to uh, attempt any other kind of profession, is there anything you'd like to try? Totally different. Totally different. Any any kind of dream that you had as a kid that you know, astronaut, fire fire truck. If you wanted to be a fire truck, I'm, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> well, I have. Uh, uh... Two. One is an astronaut. I think it's awesome. And one day, if I'll have enough money, I'll buy myself a space flight. 
And the second one is uh, car racing. Ooh. Um, like uh, F1, NASCAR, yeah. F1? F1. Absolutely, okay. Or the, you know, the WRC. I'm not a fan of going in circles. <laughs> I'm not either. And I'm, I live in the South, so that's, I've got to whisper this. It's... <laughs> But yeah, just going, you know, it's just just going and left turn, turn the whole left. time. It's, That's not it's, racing. It requires so much skill, you guys. It's, it's left and no, then I, left. I know they're going fast, <laughs> and I don't question them as racers. It's just real boring to watch. It's, it is. No, I don't it's... like to drink a lot, so that's <laughs> half of the fun of watching NASCAR right there out the window. No, listen, uh, you know, again, I don't want to judge. I, <laughs> it's, it's a, I, I can see how exciting it is for the drivers, but. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not one of them. <laughs> uh, all right, final question. Um, at the end of our lives, uh, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad <laughs> is there with the Book of Our Deeds, um, what would you like him to say to you? Um, you lived up to your potential. Oh. That's a new one. I like yeah. that. I like it. I like that a lot. All right. Well, that. Thank you. That's it. Um, you passed the end game, even though it was a completely, you know, opinionated answers, and there was really nothing judging against you. Uh, but you passed. <laughs> Good job. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, guys. I enjoyed it, um, and uh, thank you for uh, for the time and for the kind questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we definitely enjoyed having you on the show tonight. If you could just send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information or download Dawn. Sure, of course. Um, Dawn is available free uh, free of charge uh, to anyone from the App Store, the iTunes App Store. Uh, we hope in a couple of months to have it also on the Google Play, uh, but it's not there just yet. You just type in uh, at Dawn. The, the sign at and dawn uh, like sunrise um, and uh, look for the balloon icon alright fantastic well thank you so much again Dan and uh, I wish you the best of luck with uh, this this venture it sounds noble and awesome and needed and, and good luck thank you so much guys I really appreciate the opportunity yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for coming by. Take care.